It's the ABC's High School Teachers Really Need to Know, Season 4, Episode Number 3, Crayons or Pencils. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe, or buy the books on Amazon.com. Hello, hello, hello. It is good to be back with you. I hope you are having a fantastic week. It is always good to be with you. This week we are talking about crayons or pencils. And what I'm actually talking about in this episode uh, is, is this idea of in our classrooms, are we more focused towards crayons or pencils? And of course, that's really symbolic of kids or older people, even adults. Meaning, where is the needle in your classroom? You know, if I were to come in your classroom and look at your work, um, are you that teacher who's always using crayons and magic markers? And, you know, it's it's really, really uh, art, and it's really, really builder-based, and it's really sort of targeted towards the younger students. Or are you more pencil-oriented? And what I mean by that is, is everything you're doing uh, targeting older students, if not college students or even adults? You know, where are you on that spectrum? And I think it's a really, really important spectrum to consider. Uh, and it's something you definitely have to reflect on because I think a lot of times... I see teachers, and, and look, I would fall into this trap a lot myself, and that's, you know, are we sort of targeting one teaching style and one sort of population as a consequence because we either are always crayon or we're always pencil? And the truth is, you know, because our kids are on a spectrum, and I mean that developmentally as well as certainly academic ability, right? We have to really make sure we're really good at doing what we're supposed to be doing. And that is, of course, diversifying our instruction, diversifying our assessment, and then just diversifying every aspect of the learning experience. I, so I, I do think there's a right and a wrong answer because if, if you frame it that way, meaning should I be a crayon or should I be a pencil? And I think the truth is uh, you have to obviously be on the spectrum and kind of you know, sort of bounce around. You have to mix it up. And I think getting that mix right is a lot of what our expertise are. Um, because there are strengths and weaknesses of each style, I'll be honest with you. And I'm going to kind of talk talk about that here in just a second. But, you know, the, the truth is because our students are sort of on that spectrum of ability and spectrum developmentally, and, and you guys know what I, I'm talking about when I say developmentally, you know, 14-year-olds are, you know, one second away from crying and one second away from getting angry and one second away from, you know, bouncing off the walls, one second away from falling asleep. You know, it's it, it's it's all over the place, right? And the same is true uh, for teenagers as a whole. And, and, and so as a result you know, they're in different places and then you mix in that different sort of academic uh, levels and, and abilities and, and, and just how that impacts our methodology, our instruction. I mean, we have to consider these things. And I, and I just see that really and truly, uh, you know, teachers don't always reflect on that as much as we really should. And, and that's why I think it's important to go, all right, so am I a crayon? Am I always sort of targeting my kids with things that sort of look like that primary school classroom? 
or are there, um, you know, more is my, is my classroom all about pencils, meaning, and I'm a pencil, meaning I'm, I'm always looking like a college classroom or one that's just honestly not as, uh, not as primary or elementary, so to speak. And, and so again, there are strengths and weaknesses. Uh, of of each style, so don't take it as a value judgment that one is specifically better than the other. But I think absolutely you have to come up with a mix. I'll give you a, just just a couple of examples of 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 why these are important. So first of all, I always say uh, that your style is just that; it's your style, right? And I, and I have an episode in season one called uh, you know own your style. That's the O for that particular. Uh, season and it's so important, so important that it you know is season one. It's in my book, and and so as a result, I uh, you know I do want you to own your style. But what I think is important for you to realize is that inside of your individual style, you want to be as effective as you possibly can for as many of you know the the different sort of learners that are out there and the different personalities and different ability levels. You want to mean something and you want to have meaningful instruction for all of those particular kinds of students, at least to the best of our ability. You know, we always talk about how it's impossible to reach everybody to the same degree and level. And that's okay because we're all individuals, you know, and perfection is an unattainable and ridiculous standard, as I always say. But you do have to, as the expert in the classroom, as the facilitator of the culture in the classroom, sort of have to make sure that you're being intentional about you know, sort of what your style is, and then how does that reach the different populations in the classroom? So it is about balance. It is about, you know, balancing the the, the same things we've talked about over and over again, uh, your instructional strategies and, and, and certainly your uh, your assessment strategies. You know, we talk about that. And, and particularly when you go into classrooms and you see teachers and sort of see how their style comes across, it's it's really interesting because, you know, obviously two classrooms are not identical and never will be. But it's interesting how uh, we seem to sort of, you know, pass value judgments on what this looks like and will this work and all of those kinds of things. And and, and again, I, I would caution you against doing that. But at the same time, you can be as effective as you possibly can with your style as long as you reflect inward. And that may mean that you sort of have to record yourself or sort of have to take a, you know, some advice from somebody or, you know, and I know that seems contradictory to what I just said, but look, input's important, right? Um, and, and then you get feedback and then you sort of tinker and renovate, as I always say, but it's important that we are reflective and we are intentional. And then looking at the performance of your kids, I always say, you know, you can judge a lot by smiles in the classroom and ultimately uh, performance. And and so, you know, look at those kinds of things and, and see, you know, am I being effective as I can? Am I sort of being consistently crayon or am I being consistently pencil? And do you need to sort of adjust that mix? And that may mean you have to kind of fight against yourself a little bit because, you know, in our own style, we sort of find ourselves sort of gravitating to either crayon or pencil. I I know for me, I always, you know, I taught in in the university setting for 13 years before I came to K-12 education. And all of a sudden, you know, I've got 
got this pencil personality. And I, I've said many a times I, I had to really steal some crayon skills from some great teachers that I was surrounded with. I needed to learn how to do a little bit more group work. I needed to learn how to, you know, sort of just gain that skill of working with children. And that took me a little while, but once I sort of reflected inward and, and, and sort of thought about that, I got better. But at the same token, on the other, in the other end of the spectrum, it was easy for me to look at teachers and go, you know, this is a very crayon teacher. This is a teacher whose classroom of 10th graders looks like the classroom of a 5th grader. And I think at the same time, those teachers, while very, very effective uh, for certain populations, uh, it's going to be ineffective if we don't mix and balance. And so we definitely have to be creative. We definitely have to do our diligence to making sure that we are balancing. So take a step back and look at just just your lesson plans. Look at your content. Are you creative? Are you innovative? Are you using resources to balance? So if you're a teacher that always takes um, or, or delivers notes and you need your kids to sort of uh, mix it up, um, then you need to look and study techniques on how to do that. Um, it's hard to change ourselves, but it's not hard to supplement us. And I think you have to do that because all of us are going to gravitate, as I said, one direction or the other. And we know we need to be in the spectrum. We need to be in a healthy mix. And so we have to look for that. If we're a teacher who's always doing arts and crafts, um, and, and always doing those primary targeted uh, sort of lessons, we need to learn to help our kids sort of grow up uh, and, and, and take more ownership. And again, that's not saying that crayon classes are and lesson plans are always sort of built for younger audiences. It's just that they tend uh, to, to, to kind of move that way, right? I mean, think about that. I mean, how often as an adult, you know, if, if, if you're not a teacher, you know, are you using markers and glue and those kinds of things? Again, there's a place for it, but we have to balance it. And, and that's another thing. You know, I always talk about if something feels uh, sort of extra to you, meaning, you know, you're doing all these, this delivering notes, and then all of a sudden you decide to have a day in which um, you're having kids glue, that's going to, that's going to feel very special to them, right? Um, and, and, and But at the same time, it is going to feel extra. And so it's just a healthy reminder, I think, to always make sure that we sort of disguise our intentions and, and disguise sort of our the way that we're intentional. I know that sounds, again, contradictory, but be intentional about disguising some of our uh, our, our goals for sort of the development as a student. For example, um, you know, maybe in a project that I'm assigning to kids, maybe uh, I allow them to uh, do build a map or something of that nature that uh, allows them to put two concepts together. But instead of just simply drawing it, I maybe ask them to make it a three-dimensional sort of map. And, you know, that's a lesson plan that's great for ninth graders. It's great for 12th graders. Uh, and again, you can always scale and enrich activities to sort of meet the audience. You know, if, if, if I'm sort of always doing that, those kinds of activities, doesn't it make sense that it kind of loses some of the feel? 
real uh, of, of what you think. It's not as special. And again, it goes back to the balance. And so if kids are crayoning every day or, uh, you know, sort of painting every day or pasting every day, and I'm just using that as an example, okay? I mean, I, you understand what I mean, hopefully, when I talk about sort of crayon type lesson plans. Um, if, if we're always doing that, it doesn't feel as special. And then there, there are some certain sort of negatives to always doing crayon uh, lessons, right? Because one, um, our kids are, are not primary students. They're secondary students. And so a lot of them will reject the notion of doing those because it feels like they're being treated like babies or it's immature. And there can be actually be a large number of negative responses. And that's across uh, males, females, and, and academic abilities. Um, I'll tell you, those kinds of things to a lot of students feel like a waste of time. We know they're not, and we know that it's important. Uh, just like when we talk about diversifying instruction, there needs to be hands-on, there needs to be you know skill building, and there needs to be uh, more traditional reading and quizzes, and all of that stuff has a place. We've got to also make sure we're mixing crayon and pencil. So ask yourself, what kind of of teacher are you and do you a good do you do a good job of sort of mixing them and look the negatives on always being a pencil uh, you know if you're constantly notes and reading and taking tests and quizzes uh, and you're just really not fun and it's not a fun experience for 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 the kids you really have to be intentional about making yourself forcing yourself to integrate and and use new diversity uh, in in instruction or you're going to force losing your kids i mean it's hard for kids to be in that environment all the time anybody really but kids particularly uh, that's just not a very fun place to be and and so you know, you're losing some of the effect if it's always so serious and always notes, 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 and tests and assignments, and it goes on and on and on. Um, again, they're kids. And and so likewise, as I said a minute ago, there are a lot of kids who always will respond to that uh, or, or more likely than not respond to that in a, in a good way. And then there's some kids who are absolutely, uh, you're going to lose them if you're always that way. And I'll tell you, as a, as, as a group of kids, uh, being a pencil all the time, you're more likely to lose more kids than you are um, with crayons. So again, there needs to be both. So if you're on one extreme or the other, you may need to push your kids to grow up a little and you need to integrate more. And, and, and if you're on the other end, if you're a pencil all the time, look, you may need to slow down. Remember that they are kids and integrate more. They're always on a spectrum. And what's really interesting about this too, by the way, it, it's really interesting when you think about it, you know, from the different stakeholder perspectives, meaning, you know, what do students think and, and, and who you build your lessons for and what parents think and what administrators, you know, our bosses, what they think, because it's very different. Imagine what I'm talking about. So let's say you've got this great project going and you're using macaroni and crayons and you're, you're doing some amazing secondary lesson plan, but you are using Using those tools and then an administrator walks in what does he or she think of your lesson you know they may love it they may think oh well there this looks like an elementary classroom and then what about a parent when they walk in and they go why is my child gluing macaroni in high school well this may be a very important lesson plan and and just think about what parents think 
what administrators think, and then what is a student going to think? And of course, when we're building our lesson plans, this and this is really tough for teachers, particularly in a world that's so unfair to teachers when we talk about sort of, again, placing value on, you know, and holding this ridiculous standard of perfection. This is a really challenging thing, but we have to be strong enough to build lessons for students. And so sometimes that means we're going to glue macaroni. And sometimes that means we're going to assign huge research uh, papers. You know, it's on both ends of the spectrum. And so it's really tough. So don't allow yourself to fall into that trap. And I've seen teachers do it many a times where we're worried about what parents think and what administrators think when we should be focused on what our students need and, and, and sort of making sure our lessons connect with them. And, and, and that's not always easy for administrators and parents uh, to, to understand if they're not in the classroom and then understand what the goals of the lesson are. So just an, just an added thing to think about. So again, being, being on that spectrum is so very important. So I, I, I guess just to kind of sum up today and what I really want to challenge you with is to do just that. Um, build your lessons for your kids. And that means be on the spectrum of, of crayon to pencil and, and go back and forth because your kids are absolutely on that spectrum. Reflect on your own mix and then be intentional. You have to be intentional about filling in the gaps that you know are existent in your own personality and in your own style so that you can meet as many populations as you can because if you don't have a great mix here, you're going to miss some kids. You are. And, and, and that's just going to make you less effective. So crayon or pencil, you really need to be both. Your kids will thank you. Well, that is it for this week. Thank you so much again for being back with me and with our uh, program. Uh, just our, our days and weeks are better with each other as a network of teachers who care. So I will see you next week. In the meantime, remember to like, comment, and subscribe or buy the books on Amazon.com. See ya.